right, we got Liesl coming in with the percussion there. Snaps. Snaps, yeah. Uh, welcome to Welcome to Sunnydale. My name is Steve McClellan. I'm Liesl Kaler. And we're your hosts, and we'll start off our podcast, as we always do, with Better Know a Host. Yeah. Um, I'll start this time. So, in the spirit of talent shows, as this episode relates to, I was in a talent show when I was a kid, and I sang Be a Dentist from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I had uh, a leather jacket, and I pretended to ride a motorcycle and everything. I had a whole dance. It was pretty amazing. I wish there was a video of it. Be a dentist and a success. Yeah. Is there is there a video of this? I don't think so. I wish of all the performances that I did as a little kid, I wish there was some some video evidence of them. The time that I was in The Wizard of Oz was great. Uh, oh, you were in A Wizard of Oz? Yeah, I was the wizard. Really? Oh, so much fun. I did. Um, you know, what? I, I hadn't come up with a better know your host, mm-hmm. but this is going to be it. Um, we, we did a Wizard of Oz play in, in elementary um, I guess this isn't about me, but my brother was the wizard. Yeah, my there older you brother. Go. You and Adam have something. In so, common. so you were not in the play, or you just didn't have a? I was in it. Mm-hmm. I was one of the uh, Emerald City citizens. So I would say you should be a Dorothy with the red hair, but mm, yeah. Judy Garland kind That's of true. vibe. No, but I. Uh, you, you don't. You don't sing that much, do you? Well, not so much. Yeah. I did I, when I in fifth grade. I was I had a solo in my school oh, play. Yeah, yeah I oh, was yeah. I was Daniel, uh, in Daniel in the Lion's Den. I went to a Lutheran elementary. Ah, okay. BT Dubs. <laughs> we're we're getting to know the host real well in this oh, yeah. uh, in this episode. Oh, uh-huh. um, and I, yeah. yes, I played a, a the lead role, which was a the lion male character. No, I was Daniel. Oh, okay. I was Daniel. I bet the lion is more fun to see your character. What does that play about? Guy goes to a lion's den and has to get the lion courage and a heart yeah, or something. Yeah, pretty much. That's essentially heart what it and is. a brain. That's uh-huh. what this episode is about. Too. Yeah, it's the a lion perfect segue. eats the heart and the brain. <laughs> We've nailed it. Okay. <laughs> so We've much like it. much like the demon in this episode, the lion in Daniel in the Lion's Den needs a heart and a brain to become human. Yeah, which is um, also the same story. And you can, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So I mean, basically, like this episode, you could say, is just a retelling of Daniel in the Lion's Den. <laughs> In a high school setting with more demons. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Actually, let's... probably less demons. Oh, really? I mean, there a lot it's of a demons biblical story. Point? There really aren't any demons in it. Are there? So, do the demons in this show have any relation or bearing to demons in, in like Christian mythology? Or is that a, like a wholly different kind of demonology? I think it's wholly different. Like, okay. the only... Off the top of my head, the only demons that I can recall learning about in, in mm-hmm. Christian mythos is there's like two demons that I, I think Christ cast out of somebody's bodies and put them into like swine. Pigs, right? And oh, pigs. yeah. Le- uh, Legion, right? Wasn't there, um, he like put the, like, the demon that said like, call us Legion for there's a bunch of us in here or something like that mm. and then jesus like said you go into that herd of of swine yeah and then he and then like, like herded the swine the into the lake or something yeah yeah jesus christ demon hunter yeah all right i've jesus watched christ that vampire off. hunter I've, I've seen that movie i have seen that movie it's really bad as, as well oh it was really bad <laughs> yeah that was like it's one of those movies where it's like it's so bad it's good 
but I didn't even think it was good. No, I agree. It was just so That's bad. That's what I heard. It you know, it was, it was like going around the college dorms when yeah. I was in college. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, same and it was like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. And I, was, I watched it, I was like, no, yeah, it's just so it's bad, just it's so bad. It's so bad, it's bad. Yeah, it's not, didn't have any like redeemingly hilarious qualities to it. Um, just a, kind of a funny premise. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the episode yeah, a little bit. Now that we've settled that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're doing season one, episode nine, The Puppet Show. Um, oh, is that the name of it? Yes, it's called The Puppet okay. Show. Uh, and it is the first episode with our second principal oh, of Sunnydale High School. Snyder. Snyder. Principal oh, Snyder. Oh, God. Just like night and day between him and Principal Flutie. Totally. And he comes in to the school, guns blazing, talking shit I, about his dead predecessor. Exactly. And telling kids how different it's going to be yeah. with him in charge. And also, it's Armin Shimmerman from <laughs> star trek oh that's right <laughs> yeah. oh my god he's like the ferengi or something yes like that. he yeah. is and he i mean he's he has to be best. he kind of like you see him in silhouette in this episode once or twice and his head is like of an alien shape already like oh, i don't totally. think they even had to use much makeup yeah, for that, that scene, show <laughs> the scene where he's like backlit and like yeah. you just see his ears like glowing <laughs> yeah. how did they even do that that's not a human person <laughs> he's not yeah um and she never will be oh wait do you think he's the real demon i i think they try to lead you to believe that in yeah that scene. Yes, yeah yeah let's talk snyder for just a second though like some of his lines are gold are gold like um she's talking about principal flutie and how much of like a froofy like people person he was and he's like mm. but he was eaten you're in my world now oh my god that line was so good <laughs> so perfect <laughs> yeah yeah it's just the kind of touchy feely thing that flutie would be into <laughs> he got eaten mm-hmm. and then the, there's that little speech that he has with buffy at some point where he's talking about like things that he will not abide in his school oh my including god. like murders where hearts are taken also smoking, smoking or like that. Yeah. it's true because like he's in california californians do not smoke yeah not nearly as much i mean and i don't have the numbers on this in front of me but not nearly from you know what i remember of living in chicago and and yeah. living here not nearly as much um yeah and then that like that week we went to new york after living here for a oh long time God. everybody's like smoking on the street and we're like yeah. wait what <laughs> people smoke um can i tell you something funny yeah today while you were at work i had nothing to watch on tv i watched um mrs doubtfire oh my god (laughs) (laughs) there's 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 a lot of like references to smoking or at least at the very beginning of the movie he's like doing the voiceover for some cartoon bird and he gets all like upset about about yeah about the bird smoking and how it's like shoveling cigarettes into the hands of kids um and that movie takes place here in san francisco i don't know if you remember um i did not know that yeah i didn't remember anyway yeah yeah and uh and then later they're at a restaurant and the guy asks them if they want the smoking or non-smoking section um oh yeah yeah you remember those yeah yeah, like the lung cancer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well there's a whole 
thing about he's supposed to be at two different dinners at the same restaurant right, at the right. same time. Classic so he, Robin uh, Williams. Of course. Um, yeah, so he like maneuvers one of them to be in the smoking section and one in the non so that he mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. go back and forth easily. But yeah. Smoking. <laughs> yes, I used you to, remember, yeah. yeah. I used to smoke. Anyway, so welcome to the Mrs. <laughs> welcome Doubtfire. Welcome to the Mrs. cast. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtcast. Mrs. Doubtcast. Doubtcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, smoking in California. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So dummies are creepy. Yeah. Do you do you have Buffy's thing about about dummies being creepy? Uh, yeah. As I think everyone does. Is there someone that doesn't think dummies are creepy? I'll be straight with you right now. Real talk. I don't think I've ever actually been in a room with an actual dummy. Like, have you ever mm. actually seen a ventriloquist act? Mm. I don't think I ever have. No, not live. I think live. I've only ever seen them on TV um, where they're one of two things, haunted yeah. or in the hands of Jeff Dunham. <laughs> which is Which haunting. is worse, much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, he's awful. <laughs> he's really terrible. Oh, that reminds me of the other thing that Mrs. Doubtfire is full of, and that is transphobia. There are so many transphobic oh, jokes in that movie, probably true. which was sad to realize yeah. watching it as an adult. Maybe I shouldn't watch it again. Yeah, it's gonna make me sad. There are some there are some lines that'll make you pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, dummy. Did you ever <laughs> did you read Goosebumps as a kid? Totally. Did you read the dummy ones? I uh, don't remember. Oh. I read a lot of them, so probably, but. Yeah, I think it, I don't know, it was like Night of the Dummy or something stupid like that. Okay. Those, most terrifying, because it's about a dummy that's like alive and just watching you as you sleep. Mm. Scary. I think my favorites were Say Cheese and Die. Oh, yeah. The like haunted camera. That's a good one. Good stuff. I liked that one. (laughs) Goosebumps. Totally. Welcome to Goosebumps. Yeah, Goosebumps. Talking about everything but the episode right now. It's because you know, there's just honestly, there's not that much I want to say about the episode. Oh, really? I mean, there's there are some things that I think were really good that I really liked, Mm -hmm. but it was just a few lines. It was a handful of things. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'll say this: certainly compared to last week's episode, Mm -hmm. this one doesn't have the same like tone deafness problems that last week had like the jokes are a little more on point the plot is a little bit more interesting um there's less to make fun of yeah but there's not a lot more to praise because it is kind of just a one-off episode that doesn't advance any character arcs or plot lines yeah it's kind of filler um you you get snyder you get introduced to snyder introduced to snyder uh and that's and it does so with some some great lines and and, you know that's fun Something that I thought was a real missed opportunity in this episode was, you know, there's that scene uh, where it's sort of like a bunch of quick cuts between the Scoobies interviewing different oh, people. Yeah. Okay. And I thought that would have been a good opportunity to establish some more characters at the high school. So I feel like uh, this, like the high school in terms of the, the, like you see other people in the backgrounds and occasionally they'll bring somebody in to the foreground for for an episode mm-hmm. but usually it's like so you know it's like take morgan in this episode he wasn't a character in any way in any of the other episodes he shows oh. up for one episode and then disappears yeah. it's the same thing anytime there's a student other than the scoobies and cordelia they they if there's a named student they're in there for basically one episode what i would love to have seen from this show um at this point is kind of like some more 
ensemble work going on. You know, like I, I'm sort of think of Veronica Mars where it's like the high school there feels real to me. Because even though, like, you know, the main characters, you know, there's only, there's about as many as there are in Buffy. Yeah. You still have all these characters on the side that feel like real characters. And they're in multiple episodes. You have, like, um, you know, uh, Beaver and the, like, surfer guys and, like, the computer girl. And I'm terrible at remembering people's names. But (laughs) but there's a lot of these other characters that... Max, yes, yes, thank yeah. you. There's all these other characters that even when they're not like the focus of an episode, they make the setting feel more real. Yeah. Um and and they, you know, they don't really do that in Buffy, at least not in this season. Yeah, not um yeah, not yeah. yet. Yeah. And, you know, that that scene of quick cuts interviewing people would have been I think kind of a good opportunity to establish um some more ancillary characters. I agree. That could have been good. Although maybe this is one of those effects of like it's so television weird. being more serialized nowadays, yeah. whereas like at you know at the time that this was on, people you know there was no DVR, there was no Netflix, there was no DVD box sets. Even people mm-hmm. watched television on the network when it came on. They may not have remembered a it. May, yeah, exactly. It may not have added much. May not have been worthwhile to hire an actor and like give them a character name and everything if people aren't going to know who they are later on. And I think also it's just, I mean, this is the first season. It's so early. Like they don't necessarily know who they're going to keep or not keep. It's true. As a character. I mean, it's the first season, but we're nine episodes in. It's not like they haven't had a chance to do, you know, I'm not, I'm starting to, Starting to grade on a tougher curve here as the show oh, goes okay, along. Okay, like, okay. Um, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, if your second and third episodes haven't established a real world that's fleshed out, like, of course it hasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at this point, I, I think it's it's possible to have done more than they have done so far. Um, yeah. But, but of course, you know, we'll see we'll see more of that as the show goes on. I'm sure. All right. Well, let's let's talk about an ancillary character a little bit here. Okay. Um, Cordelia. Mm-hmm. I really liked, and I feel like this is such a subtle joke that maybe it may not have even been intentional, mm-hmm. but her song that she's singing, uh, for the talent show, she like starts to sing it and, um, gets interrupted by Giles right at the point of the song where like the next line is like, I like got to keep my dignity. They and can't I, take away my dignity. Yeah, they can't take away. They mm. can't take away my dignity. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny that like that's where he stopped her, and like she didn't get to say that line that she gets to keep her dignity because she she didn't get to keep her dignity because she didn't have any. Yeah, that joke is so subtle. I don't even get it. I, I know. I, it's like I know. it's going I, over my head. I said it while we were watching the show, and you were like gave me a blank look, and I'm like, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again, and he's gonna get it this time. I'm sure everyone out in podcast land is like slapping their knees and rolling in the aisles, but it's it's no, lost it's on me. No, it's not true. It's not even. That. I mean, do you, do you, you don't get it at all? I mean, because like she's a bad singer. Yeah, that's, it's like that's her. It's like, that's her lack of dignity. She, well, yeah, and he like didn't even give her the chance to finish the song. So he took away her dignity. Yeah, he took away her dignity because it'd be dignified to finish the song. Yeah. Okay. 
You're okay. You're nodding. You're I mean, not, I can I can put the pieces together, but it's, it's not having fine. that like it's not. that like flash of humor. I mean, that's what always happens after you have to explain a joke to somebody. Like, I know it's like anytime I tell you anything, <laughs> you make me laugh all the time. That's true. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't even really a joke. I was probably just reading too much into it. <laughs> That's what we're here for on this show, to read too much read into too things. too much into it and <laughs> me fall flat while I talk about things. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Mm. Uh, anyway, the other thing with Cordelia, I really loved watching um, Xander interviewing her and just how <laughs> much he hates it. He's just like... She's like, that could have been me, like, talking about dying or whatever. And he's like, well, we can dream. Mm-hmm. Go, Xander. <laughs> you just hate Cordy so much, don't you? He hates her so much. Yeah. They'll never get along. <laughs> I know. It's just, you just can't imagine a world in which Xander and Cordy <laughs> might... Be close or affectionate in any way. Yeah, yeah it might be anything unimaginable. Um hate each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have some questions about this dummy. Go on. So, did I miss it? Did they explain how he got dummyified? He, um, it was a curse from the seven demons that he's hunting. What kind of a curse is that? Can they do that to anybody? So I was thinking, like, if you have the power to, like, turn whoever you want into a dummy... Like, you should do that to the Slayer and then put her in a suitcase yeah. and throw her in the ocean. You, you, you know what? Slayer problem solved. Does this does this transition into what in the Hellmouth? Is that what we're going to do? Sure, let's do what in the Hellmouth were they thinking. Um, yeah, so... WTH, what in the Hellmouth were they thinking? Exactly. Yeah, so my, my thought is, like, that's a pretty significant power, especially when you're dealing with something like the Slayer, where it's a hereditary line. Where the trick to beating the Slayer is not to kill her, it's to put her in a place where she can't die and can't be useful. Mm-hmm. Like turn her into a dummy and then mm. throw her, put her in a suitcase and throw her in the ocean. <laughs> um, so there's that. The other thing, and this is a, a what in the hell mouth was everybody thinking, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> was Giles putting his head into the guillotine and letting himself be strapped in yeah okay two things are going on here first of all giles knows that there's a demon out there looking for brains and hearts and like even if you were just a a normal person would you let us like a high school student strap you into a guillotine absolutely not yeah hard pass on that one but but and here's the thing so he knows that and he's stupid enough to put his head in there that's ridiculous that makes no sense and the demon, his whole plan to get Giles apparently was, I'll ask him to put his head in this guillotine. Well, I mean, <laughs> and it, it, it worked. It worked. It worked. But he was specifically targeting the smartest person he can get his hands on. Yeah. And his plan is, I'll just ask him to put his head in a guillotine. That, okay. I mean, that plan should not have worked. And it worked only because the writers were like, I will like make Giles stupid for this one moment. Um, yeah. yeah, everyone has their moment. Yeah, um, what in the hellmouth was everybody thinking in yeah. that in that I part wanna, of the plot? I want to comment on one of your what in the hellmouth things. Mm-hmm. Um, making the Slayer into a dummy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would make her ineffective because apparently this other guy was made into a dummy and he's killed six of the seven of these demons. Yeah, but 
not to not making her into a dummy to make her ineffective. Make her into a dummy so she is immortal and you can trap her something. Immortal so like if you have somebody in dummy form, you can put them in a box and bury them in concrete. The slayer line is hereditary. Uh, or not hereditary, but it's like it, it if the slayer dies, another one shows up, right? right, right. So if you want have to, have we actually have we established? Does do do we know that yet in the series that that's how that happens? Hmm, I don't know. Because um, that, that actually that relates to something I was going to talk about. Okay, but so to finish my point, um, sorry, yeah. Sorry. So at any rate, that is how it works. So spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess all at this point we have is the opening that says in every generation is born a slayer. So, I mean, given that that's how it works, if you can make the Slayer immortal and then trap them somehow, yeah, then you've eliminated the Slayer line. Yeah. Rather than, like, if you just kill the Slayer, that buys you, you know, however much time until the next one is called. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a thing that somebody should try rather than just trying yeah, to totally. kill the Slayer. Totally. Um, I wonder, though, if, like, if this specific demon really cares so much about slayers like these seven demons are they encountering the slayer a lot in the in the lifetimes that they've had so at this point in the show it's unclear how aware demons and things are about the slayer um and the threat that the slayer poses like these demons you know this one at least is in sunnydale at the same high school where the slayer is i think if you're doing your demon reconnaissance you should Try and figure out, like, oh, there's a slayer in this town. Yeah. Better either, like, move to another town or do something different. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, it's. I just find it interesting. These demons, like, have apparently this power to turn people into dummies. There's a weird power to begin with. I don't know where where they pulled that curse out of. Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like we, they trapped that demon in the book the other time. Maybe you could just trap essences of things and other things if that's the case why don't more people do it like it seems to have been done to a number of things like demon in a book demon hunter in a dummy but nobody seems to be doing maybe this is the kind of like a magic spell that was lost to history that nobody knows how to do anymore or something like that don't don't know my um my what in the hell mouth what in the hell mouth um be less picky about the organs that you want yeah why did you turn that brain down just not quite smart enough like yeah well it had i mean cancer i guess but like does that matter yeah i don't know i mean i guess you have to do this what every is it every seven years or something it's like i don't know you'll make it seven years on that brain i think <laughs> and like who who cares if it's the smartest person around like just yeah. take any dumb brain yeah um yeah i don't know i mean like how, what it's unclear what the like value of like how important it is that these are like what, yeah, it, what use is it demon. to the demon it's not like you take their personality yeah, I don't think the, or something exactly the demon's not gonna like get smarter or dumber or maybe they are by like consuming certain kinds of brains or yeah can demons get brain cancer i don't know the, the, it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me They're probably like sharks can't get cancer sharks can't get cancer i don't know that's like a thing that people say movies have been based on it what movies uh deep blue sea all right. Yeah. I did not know Have that. Have you seen Deep Blue Sea? Never even heard of it. Nice. <laughs> we should watch it. It's amazing. There's also a How Did This Get Made. It's about made. like a, a 
<laughs> shark oncologist or something like that? Um, pretty much it's about people doing Alzheimer's research on shark brains. Can sharks get Alzheimer's? Nope. Wow. Can sharks get any diseases? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> shark syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to syphilis on it this podcast. It really does. So welcome <clears throat> to the syphilis. I was going to say something else about this that brain. Um this is just me being a brain nerd. It didn't look like a brain. Didn't look at all nope. like a brain. I've and, seen a human brain. <clears throat> yep, and it didn't uh, look like it. A human brain outside of a skull where it's like supported by water like yeah. like falls flat and squishes. That yeah. brain had been chemically fixed or something mm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And it so, was it was really large. Yes, also very large. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you dropped a brain on the floor from that height, mm. it would splat all over the place. It's like yeah. they have the consistency of like a jellyfish. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Glad we know so much about brains. Yep. And now you do too, now loyal listeners. The more, the more you know. <laughs> Just wrinkled your brain. What? what? That's not a thing that happens <laughs> when you learn stuff. Your brain doesn't wrinkle. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking of could you wrinkle someone's brain and what would happen if you did nothing good <laughs> probably i think, I think most if you things wrinkle- that you do to a brain don't do anything good to it yeah yeah there's not a lot of like stuff when you manipulate it that's like oh this made everything brain better massages yeah. or <laughs> brain chemical peels or anything <laughs> chemical peels. you know my brain's looking a little wrinkly <laughs> you get a brain lift yeah i want the brain of a 20 year old take all the wrinkles out <laughs> it's gonna be the brain of like a lizard or something like <laughs> wrinkles are what make you smart <laughs> true gives you more more area yeah more gray matter totes (laughs) um anyway so here's a line i enjoyed um when buffy was in her bed and like she thought that the dummy came or heard something and then she like yells for her mom it's like there's something under the cover there's under the covers it was there i thought that was such a like at, at first, like, my first reaction was to feel like, what does she even care? She's the slayer. She could destroy anything. Like, why does she need her mom? Mm-hmm. And then my second reaction after that was like, oh, that's actually, like, really adorable. Mm-hmm. Even the slayer is scared. Do you think it's because it was a dummy? Like, is that what did it? Maybe. But mm-hmm. it was just very, like, cute and very humanizing for her. Yeah, that's true. To be like, Mom, I'm afraid and I need you to, like, look under these covers for me mm-hmm. at this thing. Yeah, it's funny that of all the things that she's faced, this is the thing that makes her, like, call for her it's mom. A dummy, <laughs> yeah. which is a, it's a totally irrational yeah. fear. And that's what she needs is, like, Mom. I also really liked the line where um, Buffy and the dummy, like, face off and um she makes some comment about like i I forget which one makes the comment but there's like oh and you'll never be human and like you'll never be fully human either and they're both like wait what um i i liked it when the dummy was saying it to her he's like and you'll never be fully human that felt very pointed in contrast to this humanizing moment Mm -hmm. like a dummy telling buffy that she would never be fully human i think that's probably a fear that she has that Mm -hmm. as a slayer even though in this case he 
didn't know who she was a slayer. He, was, he just thought <laughs> he yeah. was mistaken. He thought she was a demon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe that's apt. You know, like she has this crazy strength, and like, where does it come from? And maybe she's not fully human. Yeah, I mean, we've well, we've talked about sort of about this in the past, where we've talked about the way she relates to other people and the way that yeah. she sort of can't seem to fully integrate with the, like the normal people around her and she feels like she sort of has a foot in each world um yeah yeah like specifically you know especially in respect to angel mm-hmm. um actually speaking of angel there's that scene where the dummy is like being crude and objectifying buffy and it was another thing where it's like you're like a hundred and something year old dude like macking on a 15 year old yeah, girl again right? like, like do we stop having this in the show <laughs> yeah totally gross yeah pretty weird i mean does that. it is it improved at all by the fact that this guy is like presumably anatomically not i don't know it doesn't really change anything <laughs> yeah it's still gross the fact that he is himself an object does that make him objectifying no like, yeah less can, creepy can an object objectify well that's like a who has the power in this scenario can can god microwave a burrito so hot that even he can't eat it (laughs) yeah i'm glad i don't have to wrestle with those questions as an atheist (laughs) philosophical questions i suppose like how did morgan get hooked up with this dummy that's something i would like to know yeah yeah what was the connection there yeah was the dummy just like sitting on a shelf at a store and morgan went to pick one up and like because i feel like this dummy being who he is if he had been placed in a store or something like he wouldn't have stuck around and wait wait like just waiting to get bought he would have Mm -hmm. gone off and done his own thing um i mean we even see like Morgan has the dummy in class for some reason. Um, oh, yeah. I wrote a note about that. I was with. like, why does he have the dummy in class? Yeah. That's really stupid. And when the dummy is in class, sitting there like in a classroom full of people, he's calling attention to himself by moving around on his own. Yeah. Speaking up in the middle of class and then speaking up after he's been put in a cabinet. Like, yeah. He's basically saying, like, I'm a magic haunted dummy. Yeah. Like, every, Like, if you're trying to hide in plain sight as you know this high school kids dummy mm-hmm. why call your attention to, why call attention to yourself like that yeah what in the hell mouth was he thinking i do not know i guess it, i mean does it really matter like the demons already know that they cursed this person into a dummy's body so it's not like he needs to hide who he is from whoever the demons are Right? They know what curse they did. And what does he care if humans know that he's like a cursed dummy? Like, are they going to destroy him? Like, what's the what's the negative for that? I mean, yeah, they could do any number of things to him. You know, I mean, even in that situation, like, the teacher put him in a cabinet. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, maybe that was, maybe he was trying to get away from Morgan in that moment for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Why don't the de- Why didn't the demons just destroy him in dummy form? Yeah. Uh, we don't really know enough about how this curse works. Like, we could have said the same thing about the monks putting that demon in the book in the last one. Like, can you just destroy the book at that point? Like, yeah, right. Um, maybe destroying the dummy would put the guy back in his body or something like that. Um, yeah, magic is weird. (laughs) Who knows? The wizard did it. Wizard did it. (laughs) 
Um, a really great line that I wanted to call attention to mm-hmm. was uh, from the dummy when Buffy's realizing what it means uh, when he kills the last demon that like the curse is mm, going to be lifted. That was like, nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, like your body's going to be gone. Um, he says something like, "When I mean free." Yeah. Or when I say free, I mean, mean, and she says she completes it with mm-hmm. dead. I think that's a very interesting line. Mm-hmm. Like, is death freedom? Mm-hmm. And who might death be freedom for? Mm. Is it freedom from your like duty and like? Yeah, maybe for this guy, death is a gift. Yeah, death is his gift. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird way to put that. It's a weird way to put it. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't, I don't know how um, you got that. <laughs> um, got, came to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And, and then I like the, after that line where um, he says something like, oh, like, don't get weepy for me. Like, I live longer than, than most demon hunters and most slayers, I think he says. Yeah. Like, he implies that slayers have like a short lifespan. Um die. Yeah, which, you know... As as you said before, we haven't really addressed Slayer death much yet. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It um, hasn't come up yet, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it hasn't really, like, we haven't really talked about how often Slayers die or what happens when they die or, yeah. like, yeah. But this guy seems to, apparently he's, he knows. He, I mean, yeah, apparently he was, like, sleeping with a Slayer at some point, yeah. like, in the 1930s or something like right, that. Like, yeah. he's been around Slayers and apparently he knows they have short lifespans. Yeah. Um, has anybody... Mention that to Buffy. Like, yeah, should Giles right? be like, hey, um, funny dubs, thing about this um, Slayer thing. You're probably never going to see 30. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be worth worth addressing. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was a very interesting line to have so early on and be like that death is freedom in a way. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I mean like, uh, so... For this guy, it's it's one form of freedom, but I feel like it's also uh, for vampires. Like if you remember in the first or second episode, mm. um, their friend that gets vamped—I'm blanking on the kid's name—and um, you know they use him as bait to lure like oh, the right. Scoobies into those right, tunnels, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, when uh, the Xander um, or Willow says something like, "Oh, I'm like so sorry," he's like, "I'm not." I can hear earthworms crawling and oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm part of, part of everything. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's another case where death is a gift. It's a, it's a kind of freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the, the theme of this show. Yeah. Death is freedom. <laughs> that was, I mean, I, uh, yeah. Like immortality is not everything. Mm-hmm. Like humans fear death, but immortal people fear life fear life i think they what? fear death a little bit too but probably interesting those are actually that's gonna be my my words to slay by oh okay there you go yeah because i didn't really um <laughs> there's not a lot of relationship stuff or anything in this one yeah and yeah. honestly like even though i've seen this episode um i i had forgotten the twist <laughs> ah. i was surprised again when it's like oh wait it's not the dummy <laughs> See, this is what i was going to say earlier like it, in comparison to last week's episode not only does this one like have better lines and better sort of sense of cohesion and tone um but the plot like even though it's not 
not like a season arc advancing mm-hmm. plot. Um, mm-hmm. It's not part of anything bigger. It's a total one-off. It at least like has a little reversal of expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you know you sort of expect this dummy to be the bad guy, and it's like riffing on all of the like the horror places where dummies are creepy and dummies yeah. are haunted and dummies are evil, mm-hmm. um, and turning that around. And that that was nice. Um, yeah, it's I like like that. Josh was talking about in our last episode. That episode like. Everything was exactly how it seemed. Oh, yeah. There was no no reversal of expectations whatsoever. Nope. Yeah, yeah I actually liked that. Like I, I when we were watching this episode, um, it was a, it was a little bit boring because it was just like, oh yeah, okay, the dummy's creepy and they're gonna figure mm. it out that he's like possessed and blah blah blah, and then mm-hmm. it like does the switch, and I was like. Oh, that's right. I remember this now. Um, <laughs> and then after that, all the stuff, like the things that the dummy had to say after we find out that he's a demon mm-hmm. hunter, like were very interesting. It's like after that, he talks about um, death being freedom for him. Mm-hmm. And he just has good lines after that. Yeah, no, he becomes kind of an interesting, interesting an interesting character in yeah. a way that you, yeah. you sort of don't expect. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of unusual for... Like the one-off characters in the show so far are usually pretty bland. This character yeah. actually like has a little bit of depth, even though he's yeah. kind of not even a character for very long. He mm-hmm. doesn't have that many lines after you find out that he's not a bad guy. Yeah. But in the few scenes that he's in, he really shines. Yeah. Um. I mean, mm-hmm. even like even Cordelia, who is you know occasionally entertaining, um, still at this point is just kind of a stereotype of a high school like mm-hmm. soch. You know, she's not not that interesting and she's a recurring yeah. character like yeah. yeah totally how did xander know a three-digit perfect square off the top <gasps> yes, of his head i have that note i was <laughs> like um you're the smart one like yeah, yeah she knew that it was the square root of something but you picked that one you like, picked that number you had equal knowledge in that exactly scenario. yeah that that equally proves that you're a genius yeah <laughs> i didn't even know that one like, i actually like sit, sat here and wrote it in my notebook multiplied out 29 by did 29 yeah. i did i, I did to a little double bit check. <laughs> i did as yeah well. yeah i only ever memorized up to the squares up to 20 so oh yeah uh, it, it, i didn't even go that far oh yeah about 12 i think is as far as really? i really yeah well, 13 is the best one. Is that 169? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> I mean, I can. it's pretty easy to multiply 13 by 13. <laughs> it's not for me. I just haven't memorized. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it's easy enough. Anyway, do you have other notes? Other things that you wanted to mention? Um, oh, uh, what's what's the spinoff? Oh, is that? A, are we doing that as a real segment? I'm, I'm down for it. Okay. Um, I mean, we don't have to if it doesn't lend itself to anything, but. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be something with the dummy demon hunter, right? Like That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Dummy demon hunter. Him slaying the first six demons. Oh, like a prequel where yeah. He, yeah, he goes around. Um, I feel like it's got to be like a, it's got to be like a buddy cop thing or something like that. He's got to have another guy that doesn't like quite like compliment him. He's like a stupid him. human every yeah. time. It's just like, oh God, I'm yeah, a demon he's slayer. He's like always on the road with some guy that's like a ventriloquist and yeah. yeah. And the it's just like, oh god! <laughs> Don't even joke about that. You joke about that. Like if we say that three times, it'll come true and it'll oh, be terrible. No. <laughs> but that is the spinoff. It's this dummy and Jeff Dunham, and they're 
demon hunters and i would not watch would that. not watch would yep. not watch mm-hmm. there has to be some spinoff i would not watch yep you're right and this is definitely one of them it's the one mm-hmm. i don't care if it completes the buffy universe the buffy verse i don't want to watch it i gotta say though would i wouldn't watch, watch it? it probably but if <laughs> if one if one person whose opinion i kind of respect were to say to me like it's not that bad I would I would have to because it's a Buffy first thing. I would have to watch like at least oh, the pilot yeah. and see yeah. what it was like. Do you think who would be who would make a guest star? Principal Flutie as a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like another Slayer or something. Yeah. We, well, you definitely have to have another Slayer when he hooks up with the other Slayer. Yeah. I still, I don't think I would watch it. I you know what? There are times when you're unemployed unemployed <laughs> i guess if i were unemployed watch i would almost watch anything it. <laughs> yeah that's true that's fair if i were unemployed i would watch this spinoff yeah otherwise no or yeah if one person was like it's not that bad <laughs> all right cool yeah i've watched a lot of dumb things on recommendations from friends that yeah and i no longer talk to those friends because it's yep. the worst <laughs> yep you gotta cut them out yeah you know what, here's, okay, this doesn't need to be on the podcast, but a recent thing, I watched like the first four episodes of that Daredevil show that just came out that oh, everybody's yeah? been raving about. Didn't nope. do much, did not Didn't do, do much for me. You? Maybe I need to push through and watch more of it, but so far it's just like, white guy whose parents died and he's mm. like fighting mm. crime and he's like so rugged and like ladies like him. It's I don't know. It didn't, is not done anything yet. interesting for me yet. Yeah, I heard such good things, but mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. I'll you know I'll power through a couple more episodes, see if it turns around. You know okay. I'm only in the first few episodes. Gotcha. So cool. I got a couple of notes about the end of this episode. Oh please do. Um, Go on. So first, uh, when the curtains open on the like crazy scene of a demon in oh, the guillotine, yeah. and yeah. Snyder's like, is this avant garde or something like that? Yeah. I really wanted one of them to like turn to the audience and say the aristocrats or something oh like my that. god <laughs> that'd be pretty that funny. pretty good and the other thing that i had a note about it was is this the only time in the entire show where they do credits side by side with a, a little epilogue um i don't remember that them doing that ever anywhere oh, else yeah. in the show like normally it's like uh you know like they cut to black credits start and like there may mm-hmm. there's Often there's like one line over the like black screen, um, but they they don't show more. I don't think in any other episode, not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad they did because I love this little like it was so funny. scene from Oedipus Rex that the that Scoobies my, are doing okay, on stage. So, can we, high moment, low moment. Can sure, we do that? yeah, let's do high moment. I low think moment. my high moment may have been when Willow freezes and then just runs off the stage. <laughs> Like, that was I, really good. I just loved it oh, so her stage much. Her fright is so cute. Her yeah. intense stares. <gasps> uh, yeah. And then running off. I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. So, such wonderful Willow stuff going yeah. on. Um, uh, my high moment. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes as Snyder silhouette. So beautiful. <laughs> like, just the, his, his ears that were yeah, like glowing. The t- just, okay, so not just, there's two scenes where Snyder is like in the, or two shots maybe, where Snyder is in the dressing room yeah. in like really haunting light. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I love that they picked this guy for these like, totally. like Orson Welles, like, so like good. dark and light shots, mm. these like really fancy lighting cues. Um, 
that looks so good on this like weird shaped head uh and then just like that paired with like i mean really my my high moments for this episode is every moment with snyder he's it's amazing true. It's really but good. i i particularly love those like dramatic lighting cues on snyder's head <laughs> do you think that they wanted like because everyone it's like oh star trek he's a ferengi they're known for their ears which uh, I don't know when things came out. I mean, was he was he in Next Generation or was he in Deep Space Nine? Or Deep Space Nine. What? Okay, when did Deep Space Nine come out? I guess I'd have to I'd have to look it up. Yeah, to be sure. I'd be surprised if in '97 Armin Shimmerman was already like famous for being this Ferengi. Uh, yeah, I would have to look up the um, dates because I didn't watch either of these shows when they were yeah on. So. Not even, I mean, Armin Shimmerman's not even—he's not even famous now for being anything, <laughs> right. like except for me for being Snyder. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. um. Did you have a low moment? I guess my low moment would have to be Giles getting into that guillotine. Right? It's yeah. like it's, it's it's such a dumb construct. It's the idiot ball, you know. It's like oh yeah, completely. Yeah, it's like we need this plot to move forward, so, so we're just somebody make who's a normally smart, smart, smart stupid, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like Giles gets to hold the idiot ball this week. Man, I, I, it's it's such a common, cheap writing trick. It, it, really it bugs is. me every time I see it. Yeah. Um, and this was a particularly egregious like form of it. I mean, it's it's beyond just like oh, that's a little bit out of character. It's like nobody, nobody no. in their right mind would have gotten into that thing. No. Like I wouldn't let. You put my head in a guillotine, yeah. and I trust you implicitly. Like, and he ju- he just sliced open a melon yeah, or something. Right? It was like, like he didn't even show you a magic trick to be like, oh, this is how I prevent this. See, yeah, exactly. And he wasn't engaged in any of the talent, like any of the acts before. Yeah. Why is he helping this student? All dumb, idiot ball. Makes 100%. no sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely definitely the low moment. I have to agree. I that's that's agree. my low moment too. Like I didn't yeah. find that interesting, and it was just so. It was so extremely out of character. It just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more notes? Do you want to do ratings? Yeah, I think we can just do some ratings. I don't. I think we covered all the all our bits. Sounds good. Do you want to start? Um, yeah. So I'm going to say that um, this episode, it's also kind of a weird, it's a first season. It's kind of a filler. It doesn't advance any story or any character arcs. Mm-hmm. Um I was I was kind of bored for the first half of it when I'm just like oh yeah it's just a dummy, mm-hmm. um, but then it like it has that twist and then he had really interesting things to say and mm-hmm. I kind of liked it a little more and you know what I Snyder he's he's great I love to hate him he's the best mm-hmm. love to hate character, um, but I don't think this episode was amazing it mm-hmm. didn't do a lot for me I'm gonna give it still just like a I don't know. Three. Okay. Yeah. Three um, out of ten Cordelia solos. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think I like this episode a little more than you. Like I, um, I agree that it's not doing any like big, you know, major plot advancing work and it's not really revealing much more about the central characters but i really like the character of the dummy like once Mm -hmm. he's sort of revealed um i really like that there is a little twist that it's not just like Mm -hmm. creepy dummy being a bad guy 
Um, and you know, I, I think some of the, some of the, you know, some of the dramatic lines like work for me with the dummy. Some of the, a lot of the comedy lines work for me. Uh, you know, I had some actual like out loud laughs in this episode, which yeah. I like. Um, Snyder being introduced, great stuff. Snyder's lines. dramatic yeah. lighting cues were amazing. Yeah. The like little epilogue with the Oedipus Rex scene was like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to like about this episode. Enough that I'm going to go as far as to, um, you know, I think I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to say five right. glowing Snyder ears. Oh my goodness. <laughs> out <Respectable>. of ten. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's yeah, it's it's solid enough, and and the parts of it that work really work for me. Um, mm-hmm. The big, you know, like writing flub with Giles putting his head in the thing, notwithstanding, yeah. and the sort of like one offness of it is like kind of standard for the first season. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it didn't connect the plot to any of the larger themes the way like the the high school kind of themes like it, they did in some of the other episodes. Yeah. But, Enough of it worked for me that I'm going to say five, yeah. Okay. Fair. I respect that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, plugs? Yeah, let's do some plugs. So, uh, we're Welcome to Sunnydale. You can find out everything about us at welcometosunnydale.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to our episodes there, or you can get them on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, at Welcome to Sunny. You can like us on Facebook. Um and uh, you can also uh, email us at welcome to Sunnydale podcast at gmail.com. And, and you can call us and leave us a voicemail. Yeah. Please do this. It'll be really fun. We promise you guys. The number to call is 510-455-2155. Give us a ring. We'll play your call in the air. It'll be amazing. I'm gonna um, um, I'm gonna put that in my phone, and I'm just gonna drunk dial us <laughs> and leave us. I'm gonna leave myself a message for future me. If you do that, I will play, play it on this podcast. Oh good! Oh, good. <laughs> yes, please drunk dial us as much as you want, listeners. Oh, we'll yeah. love it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. All right, so yeah. Those oh, and are... you can leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, we, we've got we our got first, one. We got our first review, and it's a five what? star review. What? We should do From... something special for that person. Oh, oh, we're definitely gonna have to come up with something special to do for that person. I think the the name was Bumble Bree with a lot of e's. Mm. So maybe that person's name is Bree. Anyway, Bumble Bree, we loved your <laughs> review. It was great. Thanks for thanks for the shout out. Uh, keep them coming, people. And yeah, uh, all right. Well, do you want to? I was thinking maybe now we could go and protest all of the like new developments that are destroying the squirrel habitats in, oh, in downtown Oakland. Yeah, I thought maybe we could um, do some fundraising to do like universal health care and mm, that's a great um, idea. You know, a lot of like social causes and yeah. climate change and stuff. It's the kind of woolly headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. Damn it, Snyder. Where did you come from? (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.